0: Command Point now has merch. Link in the description. Hey guys, it's Ryan from Command Point. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to go ahead and talk about a Kickstarter project that is close to Shane and I called Objective Control Tabletop Game Aids. This is a project that is being run by uh, two local members of the Rochester Wargaming community, Ryan and Chris, They have developed game aids made out of a signature polymer blend material that is scratch-resistant, flexible, and reduces the visibility of fingerprints and smudges. The project includes objective markers that are sized for both games of Warhammer 40k and Kill Team, as well as other good game aids such as deployment zone markers, area terrain markers, measurement tools, and condition markers. They have given me a set of these already, and I can tell you that the quality is unmatched by any other third-party objective marker that you can find today. I prefer these to those mousepad matte style objective markers, uh, simply because they don't lead to any cocked dice on the table. At the time of recording, there are 18 days left in the project, so it will expire on Sunday, October 1st, so make sure to go back this project before then. Go ahead and check those out. I will leave the link down below in the description. Thank you guys, and let's get into today's episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to Command Point. My name is Ryan. Today I'm here with Shane. Hi! And uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Shane's trip down to the, I think it's the Nova Open, right? That's the, that's the actual title of it. It's not just Nova.
1: Uh, yeah, it's Nova Open. Yeah. yeah,
0: the Nova Open Kill Team Tournament um, where you wound up finishing second place.
1: Yeah. crazy
0: yeah (laughs) yeah you're you're tearing it up this year trying my best
1: yeah my best it was uh it was a fun tournament honestly the whole like so this was my first nova um and as you know and like it really is like a cool thing like the whole like i got there on i just want to say first like i got there on thursday night and there's like this big area next to like so, there's this huge room where the 40K tournament was. And, like, on the outskirts of that big room, kind of like on a little tiny balcony up like three stairs, like, so looking down, that's where the, where the kill team was, like, on the outside. Uh huh. And it was a really cool, like, venue, first of all. But, like, uh, connected to that room was, like, this room with a bunch of tables everywhere. And, like, there was, like, you know, drink areas set up. And you could just, like, chill and play board games there at night and they mm-hmm. had all these board games. There's all these people just playing all sorts of games. It's so, like I got there on Thursday night, and I played, like, uh, Crokinole. Um, I oh, my like, God.
0: No, yeah. I haven't. But I remember Moist Critical's video of, like, him doing commentary over, like, the Crokinole World Championships or whatever from, like, years ago.
1: Oh, my God. It's yeah. Crokinole's sick, too. Crokinole is pretty sick.
0: I'm, I'm, um, I can't take you seriously right now, man. <laughs> with that of, video yeah, in my head
1: I've never seen that video of a oh I'll send it to people you dude
0: yeah no <laughs> it, it, it looks fun <laughs>
1: um, no and then uh, I got to play like you know it was just cool seeing all these people playing all these different games and like the the, the painting displays and everything were just amazing and yeah the whole like Nova's just an experience and it's cool and, and people should do it if this if they're into this hobby I would really recommend anybody to go to Nova.
0: Yeah, I have to go next year. For
1: Absolutely, sure. yeah. we, we gotta we gotta make it work. Yeah, we
0: gotta go to. I have to go to, like, more national level events.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I say haven't in
0: general been to that many outside of like KTO. I don't think I've been to. Yeah, I haven't been to a uh, like a I guess a big like
1: national level event for Kill Team. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean it was the biggest event I've been to in terms of like in general. Yeah. Um, but for Kill Team, yeah, a little smaller than uh, KTO, but still one of the bigger events in the country this year. Yeah. Um, and just like the scope of it, like right when you walk in the room where the like GTS were happening, there's like this gigantic Terminator. The Terminator. Statue. Yeah. Yeah. It was so huge. And I'm pretty sure it's like life size. It's
0: like to, to scale. It should be. I think it's, I think it's like night. Was it like nine or 10 feet tall?
1: Oh, I feel like it was bigger than that. Even it was huge. Yeah, but um, that no, was cool. Like, and there's like GW guys walking around, like people that I've seen on like GW streams. And like, it was just cool. Yeah. Know? Um, Interesting. Interesting weekend. Very cool. Uh, And the Kill Team tournament was a blast. Well, awesome. I'm
0: glad you had a good time. And uh, you met up with a bunch of the other, I guess, like usual, like friends through kill team that we have. Uh, Nick Craven was there. Adrian was there. Um, Gosh, who yeah, else was everybody there?
1: Everybody on the East Coast. The Garretts were there. So I got picked Garrets up were there. by, I just want to say the the first shout out I want to give about the whole Nova trip um, is Mark Garrett. uh, Absolute sweetheart. He picked me up from the airport Mm -hmm. gave me a little like scenic route on the way to the hotel and he was like full tour guide mode like he just he's from dc and he just knows all the things oh okay and was like telling me all this stuff and he drove me back to the airport on monday and picked me up a little early so we could do like a proper like drive around dc Mm -hmm. and i got to see like the white house and like all the stuff the monument and like the yeah it was surreal it's a cool city like like even like architecturally it's a nice looking city it's one of the nicer ones on the east coast
0: it's definitely is yeah um i mean that just all comes out to you know the city planning and all that i i went to dc i think may have been like five years or so ago but Mm -hmm. um may have been even been longer than that but um I got a I don't I don't know if I should say this on the podcast. I got kind of a me and my family uh one of the security guards in the Capitol building, we were trying to find the quickest way out. And okay. he and he's like I'm not going to say his name or like what he looks like cuz I don't <laughs> want to get him in trouble, but um he's like, "Yeah, no, I I know the quickest way out." And so we walk past, like, a sign that says, like, it says, like, staff or, like, some, or, like, no, we we hopped into an elevator that said, like, it said, like, Congress people only. Like, you have to be, like, a a congressman or a representative or, like, a member of their staff or something. Oh, all
1: right. Sorry. Actually, something happened and I couldn't hear you. Oh okay. After you said I don't want to say his name or what he looks like.
0: Oh, that was that must have been the FBI agent entering the <laughs> uh, the Discord call.
1: <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> um,
0: so, uh, we go in, we go into the elevator that's marked like Congress people only. And then uh-huh. we and then we go up and when we get out we're like on basically the it's like the second tier of the Capitol building. That, like, people are only ever on whenever, like, the president is getting sworn in. Okay. So, like, we're on the steps, and you can look out, and in every single direction from the Capitol building, you can see, like, all of the main avenues that lead out, like, into D.C., basically, and they all terminate kind of at and around, like, the Capitol building and, like, the mall and everything. Uh So, yeah, so D.C.'s a super cool place. Shouts out to that security guard. Uh, you know who you <laughs> are,
1: <laughs> yeah, total bro, yeah, yeah. Though, I mean, DC is like actually the only, it was like the final Northeast American city, like of note, that I hadn't been to before. well so I was well, really excited, I get yeah. yeah, outside of like the South, yeah, like Northeast, yeah. yeah, outside of the I guess Canada, uh, just counting American places, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, no, it was great. It was a really good time and the convention was awesome. So,
0: yeah. So, um, let's get down to brass tacks here and talk a little bit about uh your tournament run basically. So, I don't really want to get too deep in the weeds with the games that you played um leading up to, I guess like qualifying for top 8. Um,
1: yeah, there's like a couple things I did want to talk about just um
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: In terms of day one. So, first of all, the as far as the teams I've played against, so I'm playing, I played Legionaries for those that are uh, not aware.
0: Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I this, my... this is one of my questions, Shane. Uh, now that yeah. you bring up Legionaries, uh, why did you decide to um, play Legionaries at Nova? Like, did you just want to take them because, you know, they're the faction that you're most familiar with? Or did you want to take them because you think they play, played well into the meta? What did, Why did yeah. you take
1: them? So it's kind of like a, it was a perfect storm because for one, like you mentioned, I'm the most familiar with them and I didn't have to learn a new team. Uh, two, I think they're very good in the meta right now. I think all the most popular teams are really scared of us, which is uh, Intercession and Commandos. Uh, I don't necessarily think commando should be that scared of us like i think we're probably their worst matchup but it's still like pretty close to even i would say okay um and on top of that selfishly i noticed on the itc rankings for the factions uh that if i just played one more tournament with legionaries i would pretty much be a lock for the number one legionary player in the world um even if i was to go like zero and seven at nova or something oh that's um, crazy <laughs> so yeah so i'm so after nova spoiler i am now the top of legionary player and it's actually a pretty nice margin so i think i could just if i wanted to i could just stop playing them and i'd probably be safe
0: yeah so you're the top legionary player worldwide by a very wide margin and then what is the other accolade that you were telling me about
1: oh yeah i'm I'm now the top 10 on itc i cracked it
0: number I'm one not... baby
1: no, oh, no, number nine.
0: <laughs> oh, number nine.
1: Yeah, but I am the highest-ranked American player on ITC. So there you go. Yes,
0: that—that's what I was referring to.
1: Which is a cool uh, thing to say.
0: Which I, I mean, if look, if we're going by like NBA and NFL and uh, MLB standards. You know, if you're number one in the U.S., that means you're number one in the world, right? You're the world champion.
1: <laughs> that means there's, yeah, there's no other places, right? I mean, nothing So here's really. the thing,
0: though, because, like, <laughs> <laughs> with the NBA, like, you have Toronto Raptors, right? So
1: that's whenever, yeah, fair. so
0: that's the world. MLB, same thing. There's Canadian teams.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's players from other countries in uh, playing in all of those leagues, so
1: yeah yeah Um, number one in the world and there was there was you know there was some european people spoiler that played in nova Mm -hmm. so hey there you go yeah um but no yeah it's pretty cool actually it's crazy Um, yeah between the uh it was i think i was like in the 50s or something but yeah this is the first time uh first year i've actually gotten to play enough events where it was even remotely possible
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, it was after KTO, you kind of just like buckled down and played all these tournaments out. So, yeah. Um So, yeah, that was uh Legionaries. So, sorry I interrupted you.
1: Yeah. Uh Legionaries was uh it was just like kind of perfect. Like I I felt they I think they're really great in the meta right now. Um the tournament was half into the dark, so I knew I felt pretty confident that any game I played on into the dark against just about any team, and any player, I felt I could win. And uh, I didn't lose on Into the Dark, the tournament, and I played like five of my eight games on it, so I was correct on that. Um, And as far as open goes, I've practiced a lot on open. Um, It's not as... I'm not as confident there, but I still felt pretty good for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, um,
0: outside of... I guess let's keep it outside of um your your top 8 games um and and the finals. Um what was the most difficult game game I guess of your um of your qualifying run?
1: Oh, that's a tough call cuz I played there were two games in particular on day 1 that were just like really difficult. So, I I'll, I'll talk briefly about both of them. So, All right. First and the second round, and this is becoming a very common thing for me, I played uh, our good friend, Nick Craven. Um, This is the third tournament I've gone to with Nick Craven, and this is the third tournament I have played against Nick Craven. Um, And he was playing Blooded, so we got to do the Blooded Legionary rematch from KTO. Yes. Um, The last time he played, I tied with him, and uh, we sat down at the table, and I made a prequel meme. I told him that my powers have doubled since the last time we met. uh, That's a good one. he said... And then he did the Dooku line. What was it? Ah, uh, twice the pride, double the fall. <laughs> yeah, he said that. <laughs> um, oh, that's and awesome. <laughs> we we played a so there's a play in this game that I I need to talk about because it's it might be my favorite play of the entire tournament, and it might have won me the game against Nick. So I did win this game. Um, and it was mostly I'd say strategically. Uh, it was a very tight game, uh, he played really well, as he always does. He's a phenomenal player. Um, it, it was one of the first games I've ever played against Blooded, where it felt like they were actually rolling four-ups. <laughs> Every time I get against Blooded, they just always hit everything and I die. and It's sad. But um, he was not making his four-ups very frequently uh, on some of the crucial moments, mm. I'd say, with his with his big guns, which was making my life a little bit easier. There was one moment on one side of the board, and this was on Into the Dark, again, um, where he has his Commissar with the Power Fist standing in an open doorway in front of my uh, Reaper Chain Cannon, who is holding down a flank by himself on an objective. And uh, like any activation now, the Commissar can charge with Relentless and, and potentially just kill my Chain Cannon. It was Mm -hmm. a very dangerous situation for him to be in. Um, And I'm like, I need to kill this guy now or else I'm going to lose this whole side of the board. And so I walk up. I say, I'm going to shoot the Commissar with my Reaper Chain Cannon. And he says, I'm going to pay one CP for the, like, Savior protocols thing because he had his medic sitting right next to the guy. Uh... And I'm like, oh, God. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I have Fusillade. No. And I, we have to look up the rule for Fusillade because it is actually, it is different from blast. So with blast, if you shoot a guy with a blast weapon, you can have the savior protocols basically make it so that the other guy just gets shot twice rather than the other guy getting shot, the the main target getting shot at all. And then, you know, but with Fusillade, The target is selected, and then after the target is selected, you can choose to allocate the dice any way you want to between that target and somebody within two. So the new target is now the medic within two inches of the commissar. So I say, I'm going to put one shot into the medic, and I'm going to put the other five into your commissar. Oh. and And I kill the commissar.
0: Dude, that's so good
1: and i think that won me the game possibly yeah, that's, that's such a that's good play cuz like you said if it. you
0: didn't kill that
1: thing then it would have gotten the chain gunner right yeah he was probably going to kill my chain gunner um so fusilade, guys that is it that is the moment when he's fuslay i i guess so um insane uh but yeah that's that was like the main thing in that game it was a lot of like 2 for 1s that i set up um he just couldn't quite kill my my beefier guys fast enough um and uh the game ended up going pretty well so i won that i was two no and then i played croot and it was on Instadark. dark so that was like a really difficult game for croot and i won that um shout out to chris o'hare he's my opponent really nice guy mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the fourth round i look at the pairings and i am paired against uh john reese of um can you roll a crit fame the the other youtube person <laughs> that <laughs> plays kill team uh that isn't glass half dead um so he flew over from the uk to participate in nova because uh well he won nova last year he flew over and won nova last year yeah it's he's like got to come defend the title yeah and i had never really i'd never spoken to john before i we hadn't i mean i think we'd like interacted briefly on discord uh, a few times before but like that was like it and so we sit down at the table and he's playing commandos and we're on open board. And this is my first open board game of the day. Cause I would gotten lucky enough to end up on into the dark first three games. And I'm, I'll be honest. I'm a little afraid because it's, I think commandos on open is like one of the scarier things at this event. Yeah. And we can talk about this more later, but the maps we're using, it was the map pack by turning point tactics and their maps are, I, I would say, they're just generally quite good. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about them, though, is there is a lot of cover. Um, like they put a lot of heavy cover in the middle of the board, like uh, on, like towards the center of the board, which I think is generally speaking a good thing to do. Yeah, because you want a you want a cover that you can hug as you move up the board. You want the like melee is, teams to actually be able to play the game. Yeah, exactly. The problem with this. And this is not a terrain problem, in my opinion. This is a commandos problem. Is that commandos with sneaky get can just be really, really abusive on these setups because they there's a lot of spots where they can put their models forward. And John against me, he used sneaky get three times. So he forward deployed, he spent all of his CP in the pregame to forward deploy. Oh, uh, I believe it was the Sniper, the Dynamite, and maybe the Rocket or the Slasher. And there was immediately so much pressure. Yeah, on, I'll be honest,
0: Shane. I didn't even know that you could do that.
1: Yeah, you can do it three times because uh, you have three CP. <laughs> so there's nothing stopping you from doing it more other than the amount of CP you have. Um, and uh, I'll be honest, I don't think you should be allowed to do it more than once. I think that's yeah. a good thing to look at. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, but I think a lot of people are starting to come around to that now. Uh, but anyway, so he does it three times and I just, there's no way I'm going to score more than two points on primary on turn one. It's just not possible. Um, so I go two, I go down two to four on primary turn one. He's taking infiltrate and he's getting gather surveillance and he, and he has seized defenses. So he ends up getting a couple of ops and on the first two turns and on turn two he also is up four to two on primary i just can't quite break through so like i'm losing like 11 to six after round two and important thing to note is at the top of round two i won initiative
0: uh-huh. and
1: i had my aspiring champion overcharge a plasma pistol into his breacher and and sorry breach uh we don't want to get confused here whoa there's you know, <laughs> navis <laughs> breachers um And it was Breach-A-Boy. So this is four shots hitting on twos, AP2. And I rolled a four and three ones. And Mm. I have three CP. And one by one, I spend all of my CP re-rolling. Because it's just, I can't have this happen. Yeah. And I re-roll, two of those three re-roll back into ones.
0: That's just how it is.
1: Yeah, so on seven dice, I rolled five five ones yeah on an overcharged plasma pistol and he fails his one save and he uses just a scratch to live so i then have to charge that guy after i just took six mortal wounds and um punch him to death with a power fest and with that in the board state i'm thinking at this point i might be just done like i might yeah. be screwed um but uh over rounds three and four i was just able to like move up trade like pick off orcs survive like clapbacks and not give them anything like super good to hit me back with. Um, and on turn three, I went up four, two on primary just by moving up the board. And on turn four, I went up four one and I was able to get eliminate guards. I think twice I got route. I got Robin. Or no, I got eliminate guards once route once and Robin ransack maxed out. And um, I had two more points than him on primary. And or one more point than him on primary and one more point than him on TAC ops. Cause he just couldn't get the infiltrates other than implant. Um, and, uh, I, so I was up two points at the end and I, the other nice thing was I had, I had him beat on like every single tiebreaker. Cause we weren't doing ties on Nova. So in the event that we had tied, I would have been, been safe still um and so that that game and the game against nick were both extremely hard i would lean towards the commandos game being the hardest on day one um but that was crazy just because i had to like come back and it was like a really uncomfortable like yeah word for me comparatively i think yeah from the jump yeah and i will say um my game with john was like super cordial like we there like we had like zero disagreements the entire game, which in like a super sweaty top table game like that was, is a rare, I think <laughs> like we played a very clean game and we played quick and we were like totally in understanding of what the other person was doing at all times. And it was a really fun game. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was a fun one. Nice. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Um, um,
0: Let's see. So, um, let's go ahead now, and obviously you progress through the rest of the day. Um, you wind up making top eight. Um, so going into day two, uh, what was the uh, who was your first opponent on day two?
1: Yeah, so they did it like a bracket. So I was f- number one on day one. So they put me against number eight. On day one. Gotcha. So it was like one verse eight, two verse seven and so on. And the eighth place seed for, uh, from day one was, um, it was this guy named Dawson who is from the, uh, Miami scene actually. So he knows like Ben from battle brothers tabletop. Mm-hmm. I think he goes to his tournaments and stuff. And he came in with a group of people that are, first of all, shout out to all these guys. Cause they, uh, they're subscribers. So you guys rock. Um, but they were yeah, all super nice you. people. Um, And Dawson was playing Commandos. So this was my second Commandos game in a row. Um, And we played on Into the Dark in the first round. The second round was all open. But the first round was Into the Dark on day two. And we played a really tight game. And it was not easy. It was a very difficult match, despite being on Into the Dark. Um, I was honestly surprised by how hard he made it for me. I was able to take over the left side of the board, like, really convincingly. Um... And I think he was, like, he didn't, he eventually got over and, like, kind of pushed me back, but he did it, I think, a little too late. He kind of got that done with on, like, turn four instead of turn three. Um, But on the right side of the board, he had so many threats lined up that I couldn't even really, like, do a ton with my anointed. My anointed, like, whiffed, like, every feel no pain. It was crazy. Um, and, And he died pretty quick. Uh, But he also took uh, infiltration, so he had, like, uh, gather surveillance. I don't remember what other ones he had. Implant, probably, maybe. Um, I found that Implant wasn't, like, players were maxing it against me, but it didn't feel particularly good, because, like, I would always be really happy that they weren't taking more wounds off of my models. And it was, like, allowing me to continue trading pretty well, and like ultimately like if if like nine out of your eleven models are dead at the end of the game, it's you're not gonna win. Um I don't know if he took implant, but in the games I played against implant i I found that not too bad. um but yeah, I ended up taking that one that was a that was a really fun game. Shout out to Dawson. He's a good player.
0: Great, so um what was so h- I'm sorry,
1: how many games total did you play day two? So it was three rounds, but four games because the finals was like, a you played one game after another and then like it headed up the scores basically is how that worked. Gotcha. All right. So who was your next opponent then on that day? So my next opponent, and I was really excited about this one was actually Liam Garrett. Um, oh, okay. This is the first time i would gotten to play any of the Garrett family who I really wanted to play them for a long time. They're excellent players, all of them um and uh liam had qualified for top pod and leander i believe was in second pod he like barely missed out Um, but they were both playing commandos so there's more commandos to play uh and we ended up on open board on loot which i think was like the in my brain was the scariest possible matchup um against commandos and he so the difference in this game he only did one sneaky get i thought he was going to do more especially on loot and I my entire deployment and setup was to try and make sure that if I went first, I would get to get three loot points like guaranteed. Um, because then the only advantage that commandos can really get on you typically in the legionary matchup is they can just get a points lead on you and just try to hold on to it. Yeah. And if they don't get that points lead, then I think it's like they kind of start to panic and it's like I need to kill these models then because I'm not winning on points. And they really just can't kill you, most of the time. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough things that that do it. Um, so I went up three three on loot, and I went up. I went even three three on loot, but it felt like going up. Um, and on turn two, I just kind of started doing the thing. Like I, I tried to in all my games against commando players, I would try to bait out a turn one dynamite or like squig shot. Okay. If I could, unless it was like something like really bad, mm-hmm. because I would want them to shoot me on turn 1 instead of on turn 2 when they have Daka up. Um, okay. And Liam didn't bite on this. He waited until turn 2 to do it, which was a bummer. And uh, on turn 2, he got the squig up. He did like no damage to my one guy, but he like straight up killed my Shrive Talon. So and I think that was in hindsight, that was probably, like, the last good thing that happened for him in that game. It was, like, I kind of just, like, charged and killed things, and I would set up, like, two-for-ones. Um, and I was able to have my Balefire charge a guy, fight a guy and kill him, and then, like, shoot and kill his Dynamite guy before he even got the shot. And, like, against Legionaries, like, the the only real things they have that can kill me is, like, Dynamite and Squig and, like, if the rocket's getting Relentless shots that can kill me, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but, so, like, when those guys are dying, and the, the rocket died turn two as well, like, he got forward deployed, and at the end of turn one, he jumped down, used Infiltrate to get a shot on somebody. So, since he moved, he didn't have relentless, and he literally, like, did no damage at all to my Um And then on turn two, I just killed the rocket. The Squig blew up, got a guy, but then it was gone, and then I was able to kill the Dynamite. And I think I killed his knob as well with my anointed at some point or no, with my aspiring champion charged, um, his Daka boy, punched him to death with the fist and then plasma pistol, the knob to death. Mm. Um, so like between all that, he had lost like most of his team at, and by the end of turn two, we kind of, he wanted to just talk it out. Um, and we, we were able to finish up quick. Liam was a really good player and he was a really good opponent. Um, I liked how he played he was like very clear with intent um and it was like discussing everything that he did it was it was like very refreshing and he's a great player um and although the game went like pretty heavily in my favor i don't think that's necessarily reflective of of his skill as a player because he's he's quite good he actually had uh he had played john reese in the top eight and and beaten him in the commando mirror so yeah he uh, he had a good tournament for sure
0: Mm mm-hmm Yeah, wound up finishing fifth overall. So um, uh, your next opponent on the
1: day. Yeah, so the finals. Um, I played against Adrian Bonavento, who is uh, from Brooklyn, so another New York fella. And uh, we had actually played in Syracuse at Salt City GT, and uh, it was Legionary versus um, Commandos there, and I, I had taken the win there. So we were kind of getting this rematch, um, which was which was pretty cool. So he had taken uh I'm sorry, so obviously he was still commandos here and I was still Legionary here. But like I said earlier, the finals was like a strange I it's the only tournament that I've seen do this before, and it was like it was two games. It wasn't just one game. It was two games, the one was into the dark and one was open. So that way you would play both formats. Gotcha. Um, and you would like add up the points of the games i suppose. Yeah. And,
0: so if you yeah. look at like the if you look at the standings on PCP for the event, you'll see the final game the scores are look uh, violently inflated. <laughs> um well one of them does. Sorry Shane. Um <laughs>
1: hey man a 22 point <laughs> loss doesn't look that bad <laughs> without context.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so to my knowledge, I don't think any other tournament has like done something like this, um, where it's like two rounds into the dark and open to determine the winner.
1: Yeah. So like, I have thoughts on this. So first of all, um, I think Matt did a great job running the tournament. I just want to put that out there first. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to sound like I'm complaining. Um, but I think my take on this. So first of all, the, we only had 3 hours to play both games.
0: Oh, what? So,
1: yeah, we we had a very small time frame to actually get these games started. So, Adrian and I like actively tried to start early. Um, we started like maybe like 10-15 minutes early, but like we are we were rushing pretty hard to get through these games. Yeah. Um, and I I'm I know that affected how he played. I know how it affected how I played. I think like we both had really sloppy moments across both of these games because we had to play, we had to set up, play a whole game on Into the Dark, move all our stuff over to the open board, set up, play another game on open board, um, and it was like really stressful. Um, so the other thing on day one, uh, the main tiebreaker for standings was strength of schedule, um, and a lot of people didn't like this. I didn't personally mind it because. You know, when you have a cut, like a top eight cut like this, you know, it sucks to like lose to a really good player because you got paired up against somebody, you know, and like somebody that's really good. And that's like your one loss. Right. And your score gets really suppressed and you get like eight points or something. Right. But then you win all your other games. And but because you played the one really good player who like crushed you and you didn't score a lot of points, you get my top eight. So like I get that and I was fine with it personally. I, you know, I think that, yeah, strength every, of schedule,
0: I think is kind of like, like every tournament that I run, like strength of schedule in terms of like tie breakers, it goes, it goes points scored. And then this isn't just for kill team. This is for like all sorts of miniatures games. Yeah. And then I usually just like default to strength of schedule. because That just makes the most sense to me.
1: Yeah. I especially like strength of schedule in a big tournament where there's a lot of players and a lot of games getting played. Right. Um, and so but what this meant was we didn't have to worry about points ever like victory points scored we didn't have to like worry about scoring a ton of points you know we're like trying to like just crush our opponent or like suppress their points or anything like that so like we played the whole tournament not caring about points but in the finals you need to care about points you know what i mean because it's two games and you're like adding up your scores like you're not just playing to, to just win like you There's like these alternative. (laughs) It it
0: runs counter to basically the primary method of determining rankings in the tournament, determining standings up until that last, until the last game, basically.
1: Yeah, and um, the other thing I would say is, I personally like so like the the way that I would remedy that is I would say. I would prefer a best-of-one or a best-of-three over a best-of-two because then you can just worry about winning. 100%, yeah. Uh, And I think that's like the most important thing, (laughs) personally, especially because in the context that points never mattered. But, you know, it's whatever. I mean, the points aren't really what... I mean, I guess the points are kind of what hurt me, but uh, I don't know. It's So we play two games, and the, the one thing I did really like about it was... You, so we we played on instadark first but we would roll off and the winner of the roll off would pick one of the three missions and like veto it
0: like i love loot, that capture
1: secure yeah so i won the thing both games and i vetoed loot and then adrian picked capture in both games so on both games we played on capture which i i was actually surprised i thought he would pick secure i was really happy with capture just because the anointed can just like
0: yeah, he doesn't, you can just yeah. turn into demon and it doesn't even matter.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if, I don't know, maybe he was just personally more comfortable in capture and that's why he went with it, but it obviously went fine for him. But we play the first game on Into the Dark and it's uh the first mission, I, I forget what it's called. It's like Conduit or something. Um, But it's the one where all of the objectives, that you have one on your side and then they're all like lined up in the middle. Like oh, straight across, okay. um, which is uh probably the worst one I could have gotten as far as into the dark goes, because he just uses shush, and his entire team dashes up to the doors in front of like all four objectives, and he's got enough guys on engage where I can't go into any of the rooms really, yeah, without like risking one of my guys getting killed, so straight away i'm kind of terrified and i i literally i had to go down four to one on primaries yeah which was kind of gross especially because we're playing in a format where you know the points matter um i expect to have to like work my way up a little bit but on most of the other into dark boards you can reliably go to like go three three Mm -hmm. um and it it was just kind of unfortunate that we landed on the one board where i kind of have to go down four one um And I think on the turn two, we went 3 3. And on turn three, it went 4 2. And on turn four, it went 4 1 for me. But like the TAC Ops weren't great for either of us. I think I won like 15 to 13, like barely. Okay. Um, Yeah. So it was a win on game one, uh, but not a huge points win. Yeah. And then on game two, Uh, So I have a lot of thoughts on game two, and I don't want it to sound like sour grapes because Adrian played amazing and he did everything that he was supposed to do. And I, it's not blaming Matt because, or the turning point tactics, because um, I found out in retrospect where we, we go down to the table for the open board game and it's uh, I forget which layout it is, but there's like, two objectives that are kind of up a little bit that are, like, closer to your side, and then there's two... They're, they're more central, and there's two that are right in the middle, but they're on the outside flanks, and then there's two, you know, mirroring more central on their side. Okay. Um, And we roll attacker-defender. It's... We're, we're, like, super rushing because we're trying to get the second game out in three yeah. hours. And I have not played a game all-tournament or seen a open-board all-tournament where... The attacker defender like the deployment zones were ever really lopsided in any way mm-hmm. um and so i went attacker defender and i take attacker and i'm just I'm, i take a glance at the board at a glance oh you know, it looks somewhat fine and i'm like whatever let's just pick attacker um you know we're, i'm on half melted brain eight games in under the technically 10 games in onto the weekend including team tournament mm-hmm. yeah um and you know, we, we pick our teams and we go into barricades and we're setting up barricades. And it's at this moment when I'm like looking at the actual board like more closely and it's like, holy crap, what did I do? Um, And, you know, I'm looking at... So it's... You have a Octarius building like in front of your deployment zone. Yeah. And so do they. And on the midline, on the left, there's the oil rig. And on the middle, there's another... Uh, Octarius building, and on the right side, but closer, well, closer to like, I say, like two or three inches closer to his side is the other Octarius building. Um, oh,
0: okay,
1: yeah. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, like, I wonder if this got knocked. Like, I wonder if this is even meant to be like this. But it, we're in such a it, rush, it I don't probably know did, yeah. I don't but, want to call Matt over and like, yeah. ask him. And Matt and I looked at it after on the turning point tactics, like actual layout. And it was like so far away from where it was supposed to be. Oh no. <laughs> so um, we deploy and, you know, again, it's my own fault. I picked the wrong deployment by a mile. Oh, I didn't pick the deploy. I should have picked the other deployment and, and moved. Yeah. But he deploys triple sneaky get, So the oil rig on the left, he puts a snipe up there and it's pointing right down. So like I have the one piece of heavy cover um, and there's like a light barricade on the left side of my deployment right in front of that oil rig. So I just can't deploy there. It's just not an option. Mm -hmm. Um, He puts, he sneaky gets his rocket up onto that right um, vantage point and conceal. Um, And he four deploys a slasher boy on the, under the right building against the door and i'm like measuring out so i have to deploy my whole team behind the the heavy cover i put one guy in the light cover cuz i'm thinking oh maybe i can you know run up and grab that left objective but like the way he deploys it's like if i do that it's kind of like suicide so i uh i know he's going to go infiltrate on scouting because they're always going to do that so they can shoot their rocket so i'm attacker so i take infiltrate um i win I, I, I choose to go first. because there, otherwise my plasma is going to get shot. And I just move him up onto the heavy cover, onto one of my safe objectives. And this is the other thing: my safe objectives. One of them is completely out in the open with that like no cover point at all. Yeah, with the at all. And the rocket on the, that sneaky get it up is pointed right at it. <laughs> and so I had to put a barricade there, which isn't even going to stop it's me. It's not even. Shot. Yeah, it's just going to give you. A, yeah, an auto. The save. other safe. Yeah, the other safe objective is I need to go all the way up and press against, like, the corner of the building just to be on it in heavy cover. Um, And his objectives on his side, this, the mirrored ones, are both in heavy cover, like, f- like firmly. Gotcha. So this was, like, a colossal screw-up in the attacker-defender choice. Um, And, like, and not only that, but I'm, like, measuring... So from the heavy cover that I deployed on the left middle objective nine inches. I can't even get there. It's too far away. Mm-hmm. And there's not really even like terrain that I can like hide on the way there, like realistically mm-hmm. and the building on the right, because it's been pushed back more than it should nine inches. It can get me in cover, but I'm not like pressed against the wall at all. I'm like almost a full inch back. So like any angle, like, you know, from the left, um, I could potentially get shot if he moves up enough, like with the comms or something. Right, And the the rocket can easily just walk down and shoot me, but I just have to accept that. Like that's unavoidable. Um, and, but, to, but moving my guys up onto that right side, they're in range of the bomb squig from his deployment with the comms and the breach from his deployment with the comms. Um, so I can't really like stand on that objective. I throw guys there just to force him to do something. Yeah. Um, he still gets the objective from me. Uh, I threw like one guy there just to force him to put two guys on it. Uh huh. And I have to, I literally just to that objective that's out in the open with the barricade. The only guy that's going to eat that. I have my anointed go demon mode and stand on the point. And he eats a rocket shot to the face and he takes like five damage. And then on turn to Adrian wins initiative and shoots again, relentless rocket and kills the anointed. Um. Um, and like, yeah, I and then I like charge a guy with my malefic blade gunner and I roll like one hit and like four misses and I spend like 3 CP just to get like three hits or two hits or something mm. and I still can't kill the guy. And I um and I think I have another moment with my plasma where my plasma just like super whiffs again like kind of like in the game against John. Um and I just can't get to any objectives. I don't have anywhere I can hide. And I got completely blown off the table. Uh, Like, I think I literally scored three points this entire game. I think I got three primary and no tag ops. Um, And I basically got tabled, I think. We might have called it when I had one guy left, but it was like the most unwinnable board I think I could have ended up on. Gotcha. And it's unfortunate that I got knocked. I thought about asking Matt and I should have, but he was just like running around so busy on day two. And like, we're in like super rush mode. Right. Right. And you know, I just wanted to move on. And by the time I realized it was too late. Yeah. Um and I think if I had taken that other side, um, I may have won. Uh, honestly, all my games against commandos were going like progressively better. Mm-hmm. And I was like understanding the matchup a lot more as we went on. But on that setup, I really couldn't do anything. Um, and it it's kind of a testament to just how strong the sneaky get stuff is because commandos players will tell you all the commandos players i played told me that they felt like legionary was their worst matchup like nurgle legionary and if that's true i mean that game was not close (laughs) you know yeah like that that was just a complete stomp so the points were just so lopsided it didn't matter the first game so even though i won one he won one he ends up getting first because he has uh he has more victory points so he gets first and i get second and was definitely a bummer, but, you know, Adrian played really well, not to take anything away from him. He did everything he was supposed to do, and if it wasn't uh, a great player in that position, they would not have been able to to punish me in that spot the way that he did. So, um, huge props to him.
0: Yeah. Um. So, I have a couple thoughts as well on the, um. I guess, the two-game playoff for the finals. I I do like the idea of it, you know, because it's like, you have to be a complete kill team. You have to be a complete good kill team player. You have to make it to the finals. And then you also have to score enough points, not even necessarily win, I guess. Um, you got to win at least one, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You can't possibly lose two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like the idea because you have to play one game on Into the Dark, one game on Open some players out there who are good players almost exclusively play just one or two just one or the other yeah um i know for a while there like i was almost strictly playing into the dark just because at that time that was my preferred way to play um it felt mm-hmm. like it feels like the games are a lot cleaner to me on into the dark that's probably just my personal preference um yeah i
1: mean i i get what you mean like you can't really get like there's not like beautiful. there's not
0: like three dimensions to it You know, it's like rooms, hallways, doors, there's no vantage points going on or anything like that,
1: so. And train can't get knocked, you know, on Into the Dark, it's always going to be static.
0: Yep. Um, so it feels like a more competitive environment, I guess, to play a game in. Um, uh, so I I like the idea that you have to be a complete well-rounded player in order to win. Um. That being said, playing two games inside of the span of three hours, uh, even asking that of even top players, I think is uh, asking far too much, Um, especially with a game uh, with the stakes involved, right? Yeah. Because it's not just a game in a tournament. It's not just two games in a tournament that you have to play within three hours. It's it's for the tournament. It's for the it's for first place. You know so. My recommendation would either be to you got to have, you know, at least four hours. You know, two hours for each game. I would say, I almost want to say two and a half. Um, I should say like two th- and a half. I would think. What is like the uh, what was the standard time no, for the rounds at this tournament?
1: Like hour and a half, hour forty-five. Like oh, I think okay, th- maybe I'm asking for too much then. Yeah, I think like three and a half hours would have been perfect. Like, and it's especially yeah. like it didn't end up affecting us but like the idea that it could affect somebody because you know you're worried about points and you're playing on such a tight frame that like somebody could get timed out on the second game when they're behind on points like and it might be like round two or three and maybe they would have come back but like because the game got called early the maybe the points can screw somebody so that's why i would prefer if it was a best of three and we just had like two more hours or something or like just a best of one like any other tournament yeah, um, but, given you know, given the, the, the time constraint,
0: that, I would I would say it should have just been a best of one.
1: Um, yeah, I, and a lot now, of people in in you, the other pods, uh-huh. I was gonna say sorry. A lot of people in the other pods actually opted to just play one game. Um, oh, and I didn't okay. even know that was an option. Yeah, <laughs> I totally would have rather done that. Obviously, I won the first game, so I'm biased. But like, I think even going in, I would have rather have just played one game.
0: Yeah, me too. Like, I don't care if I think I'm gonna win or lose like in a two game series you tell me i have 3 hours to play two full games of kill team i and i have the option to just play one i'm going to pick one every time it now yeah. the the other option i think you mentioned earlier that being hypothetically like a best of 3 series um i would say you need to do that like you can only do that if it's a 3 day tournament with like day 1 qualifying day 2 top 8 and then day 3 finals
1: yeah, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, like, I just, I think in theory, it's it's just a cleaner way to do it because then you don't have to worry about points. Yes. Um, I think my ultimate preference is just one game. Me I too. totally get how Me it's too. a pain in the butt for like, you know, some teams are better on into the dark or open. I think a good way to do it, actually, that, that I would like to see is like, you do the roll off and the winner picks whether it's into the dark or open and the loser picks the mission. Maybe would be like a nice. I like in between. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, like I, I think that would be fair, yeah. close to fair. Um, so I don't know. You know, it's 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 a tough call, but because I mean, in that situation, maybe I'd rather play on open if it meant I get capture. You know. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, the, I think the board thing was really unfortunate, but you yeah. know, it's again, it's actually my fault because I picked attacker
0: <laughs> yeah so obviously um, or commandos wound up winning this tournament so you were talking about how you know legionaries are commandos worst matchup at least that's what all the um, commando players were were telling you so we have a few minutes left here uh, for this episode do we want to talk about orcs a little bit or I should say the commandos
1: yeah sure um, I mean I can like going in I thought that orcs were the favorite they're just like with the way like people have been, have kind of like started to like figure out how to like abuse sneaky get on open board. And then plus they just got buffed. And I think other things getting like, you know, brought down a little bit, even though it was things they were good against already like cult, Um, It's just kind of a perfect storm. Um, and I mean, so, I mean the sneaky get thing, I think it needs to be addressed because for, playing legionary the legionary against it felt on open board honestly in both games that I played against that felt pretty unfair mm-hmm. so I can't imagine for the the teams that aren't like good until commandos how that that matchup must have felt like that must be horrible um and i mean I think it's reflective of i believe when commandos had a they must have had like a seventy or eighty percent win rate right at nova there was like Ten commando players. So yeah, I I just ran
0: through the list here. A third of the field at Nova was commandos players. So there were eight out of uh, eight out of twenty four uh, players ran commandos. Oh, at like least from top. at least from what I can see. Well, there were sixty
1: two players in Nova. Oh, there were so... sixty
0: two. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I, I only have I it know, showing the talking. first twenty four results. Oh, so yeah, that number is inaccurate. But um. Oh.
1: Yeah, I mean there was like a lot of commandos, and they did really well. Like I think six out of those, or seven out of the ten, placed in the top twenty-five. So I mean that. Yeah, there there
0: were eight in the top twenty-four. Oh my god! Yeah, so a a third of the of the top twenty-four players uh, were
1: playing commandos. and half the top eight was was uh, commandos as well. Um, and, and honestly, you know, a lot of people were saying to me like, oh, like I think legionary is a really bad matchup for commandos. And, you know, I, I think it's relatively bad in terms of like commandos don't really have bad matchups, I guess. So it's probably their worst, but I would be curious to see what the legionary win rate in commandos was at this tournament. um, not counting my games because my experience as a legionary player is that we make it hard for them, but. It's still very hard. It's not easy at all. And I think you have to be very careful with how you play or else it can like really domino against you. Um, like, Because I, I don't know, like the commando player sees me move up like my six Marines and then they try to kill me and they bounce off and then I kill their whole team. And it's like, it, it I'm sure it looks <laughs> easier right. than, it, than it actually is. But th- there's a lot of very careful positioning that goes into, into making sure you can actually do that. Into a uh, into a good commando player, and I played quite a few good commando. I, I think every commando player I played at this tournament was extremely good. Um. So, yeah, I mean i I think a good start would be sneaky get probably just shouldn't be happening more than once. Um, that's the kind of thing where I wonder if like in design when they were making this, if they even intended that. Yeah, yeah and the, but they like maybe they just decided to keep it because it didn't appear to be a problem before they had extra yeah. cp and stuff
0: well now now it is <laughs> yeah it's
1: really it's really gross to like
0: yeah like i said at the beginning of this pod i didn't even know you could do that i thought you could only do it with one model because that's just how i had seen it done forever
1: and it's I, yeah i like never would it have three, even thought yeah like they'll do it three times because like what are they going to spend their cp on it's just you know, just to scratch every turn, which they'll get the CP for. Yeah. And if they don't have to just to scratch turn one, which a lot of the time, they, they don't. don't against, yeah. Um, then on turn two, they can use DACA and they still get their just to scratch on turn two. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just like very oppressive. And it was hard for Legionnaires in my opinion. And it was probably much harder for other teams. So.
0: All right, cool. So, um, I'm all out of questions here for you, Shane. So unless there's anything else you want to say or anybody you want to give a shout out to, actually, before we get out of here, I do want to give, we definitely have to give a shout out to, uh, Dakota Luster for what he,
1: uh, what he gifted to you, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. First of all, I was on the squad games podcast last week. So if you're listening to this and you didn't hear that, go check that out. Um, And yeah, Dakota gave me a, so those of you that are uh, familiar with Dakota's like token trays, he has these like sick magnetic token trays that he makes over at Luster's workshop um, that you can buy actually. And he made a custom command point one for me that has our logo on it. It's like a black and orange kind of look. And it says my name on the bottom left. It says Shane, uh, the coolest thing. It, it was amazing i played all my games on it I, I love it um super super wonderful and amazing uh i cannot wait to use it more <laughs> so shout out to dakota uh, I, I took a picture of it and i put it on the discord like on thursday like when i came in or on friday before the team tournament um super cool but yeah as far as other shout outs i mean shout out to matt h i stayed with him he was the organizer he ran this whole thing by himself and he did an awesome job um total mvp uh i I would recommend you check out his tournaments if you live in the virginia like maryland area uh because he does to pretty regularly over there um shout out to all my opponents uh each and every one of you was an absolute pleasure um and uh it was it was honestly great and you know all the people i met along the way throughout the weekend um and the, the you know fun times it was it was a blast
0: thank you everybody for tuning in on youtube and on your uh whatever podcasting app you are listening to us on uh, thank you so much if you haven't already make sure to follow us and subscribe to us and hit the bell icon and all of that fun stuff that you that way you don't miss out on any future kill team content I uh, also want to give a special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and our YouTube channel members for helping to uh, support Command Point here and uh, you know, enabling us to produce all of this Kill Team content for you guys. So thank you ever so much for that. Uh, hope to see you all again soon, and I'll see you all again in the next one. <laughs>